Hello, and welcome to the Design for Greatness podcast, conversations with Candice to help you elevate your mind, body, and spirit and own your divine greatness. Today, you have episode number seven, my interview with Sterling Mack. And Coach Mack, you're here. Thank you for coming. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, I first met Coach Mack um, as I was coaching one of my daughter's comp teams. And then out of the blue, he asked me to coach the freshman high school (laughs) <laughs> and I was I was completely shocked and overwhelmed but I thought you know if I'm living my best life it would be coaching girls basketball that's yes. living my best life and so anyway thank you for this opportunity <laughs> thanks thanks for accepting the, the yeah. you know the job Honor, truly yeah. and yes. I, I think part of the thing that I love the very most about coaching the girls freshmen is actually interacting with you uh, you are completely inspiring. And we've talked over the past a little bit about how sometimes the girls just don't, they don't quite get the amazingness that they have with you. Yes. And I feel like the world needs to know you, Mac. So <laughs> yes, ma'am. So, yes, that's why I have you here on this podcast. So to start out with, just tell us a little bit about your, your growing up, where you came from and, and how, how you got to where you're at today. Well, Southern Louisiana is where I grew up. It's a small town called La Rose, Louisiana. Um, grew up in a dysfunctional situation. Um, I don't know, the projects or, you know, trailer park and, you know, some nights not having, you know, hot water and having to put the water on the stove and, and boil it so we can take a hot bath. You know, those type of situations. Uh, I, had a, I had a stepfather around for a little bit. And, you know, it was kind of, like I said, it was dysfunctional. So I ended up, you know, it was, ended up living with my grandmother for the majority of my time at home. And um, seven, seven siblings or six, I'm, I'm including that seven. And mom was kind of, you know, was, you know, the 80s were hard. You know, you, yeah. you, you, a, lot of, a lot of new things introduced in those 80s, you know, and mom we ended up, you know, just, loving that or, or 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 I don't know finding that street life and kind of put put everything into a, a little whirlwind for a little bit and never met my father you know me seeing your face or seeing uh, uh, just a new person I, I've met today and seeing their face that's more than what I've seen my father's face so it's been my father what I've grown up my father was Michael Jordan that was that was Michael Jordan that was, that was Michael Jordan was my he, he was my guy every time the TV turned on um, anytime he was in an interview, I would, I would sit right in front of him and just listen and, and try, try to emulate, try to just be like him. Cause he was, he was the guy, you know, back in the nineties growing up with a, without a, without a father figure. I mean, why not? Why not choose Mike? Kobe, Kobe Bryant did right. You know, people talk about Kobe trying to be like Michael Jordan, but why not? You know, but why not? yeah, you know, grew up just in, in, in a situation where it was rough. It was hard or Sometimes, you know, go home from, from school. Let's you skip the middle school. It was 20 some people in the house in a three bedroom house, uh, one bath. You, you know, you put that in perspective, but no one really checking on homework. So I, I went through like high school without, I went through high school without really like efficiently trying to, being able to read, you know, so school wasn't my thing. Um, and I had to make a choice in, the, in those moments because it, it was either I can skip, I can skip school, right? No one's really checking on me. I mean, you know, and and do other things, but 
I chose to go to school because, you know, like I said, my father figure, my, my, my idol person I wanted to be like Michael Jordan was a person who always spoke about, you know, his dad and his mom always told him to go to school. So I, I try to I try to do my best, but, you know, I couldn't read. So that made school hard. You got to read, you know, it's, so um, learning, learning how to read throughout school, being being not poor, but, you know, not having enough you know, having to maybe like find a ride to school or just anything. School was hard back in those days. So just that taught me a little resilience because I, that I, you know, from the neighborhood I come from, you can quit. Yeah. It's easy to just give up and quit, walk away, sell drugs. Almost expected. Go sell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so just to be the norm, and, you know, not having a mom around, not having a father figure or, or just a dad around to talk to and things are hard. You know, that was hard. And, but I, I, kind of figured it out because I'm here. Got through high school somehow, some way, I don't know. You know, I was a football player. I was that was the biggest thing I, you know, I, I can I, I can talk about in high school. Cause basketball was basketball was not the number one thing, you know, people seen me doing in the future, you know. So deep down that that kind of put a little fire into me and that made me want to graduate and that made me want to go show people I can play college basketball, which I had a chance to do. And that made me want to show people I, I, I was good enough to play a little pro basketball. And I kind of almost got there and, you know, choices, 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 but, you know, and I don't know, you just, that's just a little bit about my past. And I love to cook. I just have to put that out there. I love to cook, you know, Southern Louisiana guy. I grew up with my grandmother. Yeah, you know, I tasted so she, your gumbo. Showed me how to put that. Oh, yeah. She showed <laughs> me how to put that foot. Showed me how to put that foot in that pot, you know. So that's my thing. And I love coaching in my family. So that's just a little bit about the past. And yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So you talked about you didn't learn how to read. When did you finally learn how to read? So like I would say after my freshman year of college, you know, and um, I just, I don't know, it, it just like it clicked because growing up, I, I had to, so second, third grade is really where it started, where I really like really realized, because, you know, second, first, say first grade, you, you're learning ABCs and second grade, you, you read a few little things. And when you got to third grade, the teacher would never, I'll never forget the name because it, it just motivated me, Mr. Gidry. And the, the, the weird thing is there were two teachers together and both of their last name were Mr. Gidry, well, Gidry, and, but they were, were not related. So that was, you know, that always sticks to me, but <laughs> we had two teachers in one class, but they were always somehow, some way figure out how to pick me. And, and cause they, and, and like all the kids would laugh and, you know, it's kind of a situation, right? You could just third grade. And mm -hmm. so you say a word wrong, that's very simple. Right. And so I kind of realized I couldn't really read it then. So what I would do, I would, I would get thrown out of class I like as soon as I walk into class I would just like nope jump on a desk send me to the principal's office you're not making me read today right and I did that I did that. I honestly did that until like seventh grade eighth grade and but by the time I got to middle school eighth grade what we call junior high so it was eighth grade ninth grade but in eighth grade I started to realize if I just look at people's mouth and and and, and look at what they're looking at and saying then I can kind of mimic what they're, you know, what, what, what they're talking about and what they're looking at and how they're, you know, saying those words. And I would just like find few keywords and just keep doing that. And I kind of did that until like my first year of college. And one day I was just like able to like, just read a book, you know? So that was like first year of college, I think. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. I love it. 
and you yeah. were able to, to succeed. And now you are, are teaching and you're a teacher in middle school. I mean, a coach first, right? for those children. <laughs> yes. Now you get to find those, those kids yeah. and inspire them and help them. Yeah. What, yeah. Yeah, like as a middle school teacher, um, what is the thing that you wish you could instill in these kids? I mean, they're an impressionable age. So, yes, middle school. That's, it's just, just to like themselves. That's the biggest thing right now. You know, you go fifth grade, sixth grade we have right now, right? And though they're, they're playful, they're, they're um, just, they just want to, you know, just want to have fun. Then you get to that seventh grade, you know, they start understanding like, oh, I got I to gotta start impressing people or, or people won't like me. You know, then eighth grade, it's like, man, I want to kill myself, you know? So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to make sure every time, like the first day of class, every time we have a first day of class, first week, I try to just give them that power to, to say, yep, I love who I am. I, I don't care what you think about me and I can mess up in front of you and it doesn't matter if you laugh because that I just goes back to my reading, right? right. I wish I would have just let people laugh at me and just kept trying to read so it wouldn't have taken so long to get to where I needed to get to read. So now I'm trying to use my past in the most positive way to help every kid just realize, hey, I can like myself, I can mess up, it doesn't matter, and I can just be me, you know, and do me, you know, so that's what I'm trying to really put into middle school. I love it. That self-love, it doesn't always come naturally. It's actually one thing that I I coach, I have a body love program, what I coach, learning to love yourself, and actually one of my missions is to teach people how to love God themselves and love others. Yes, yes. That's what this life is all about. Well, that's what it's... You always, you always, I don't know, man. You, we always hear people tell parents, right? You got to take care of yourself first before you take care of your children, right? That we have to, we all need to do that. I think every human being needs to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? We just need to just, that's why I think there's so many mass killings happening, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just, we don't like ourselves. So now we're so angry. I go out there and harm people, I harm myself. And I just, if we can start at this age, it's just, just like how we change or are trying to change the world with racism and discrimination and, and, and segregation, right? Yeah. We, we got to start with the younger kids and that's how you build a basketball program. You got to find the younger groups. That's just where you, I think, how do you build a, build a house? You got to start from the bottom. You got to start from the ground and go up. Yeah. I just, you know, we just got to do a better job of making so these kids like themselves. So how have you developed that self-love for you? I mean, what, what Honestly, have you done? I struggled. I struggled before I met my wife. And this is the honest truth. Because um, I always felt like, well, I need to go out there. Because in, in my neighborhood, man, you know, you make it. And then you go out there and you take care of the neighborhood. You take care of the hood. You take care of your family. And so my thing was, I'm a, I'll leave home. And I'll go out there and make something of, my, of myself. And then I'll go just give everyone everything. But then, you know, and life was hard, you know, when I left home and I, it wasn't going exactly how I wanted it to go. And, and so I started pressuring myself and I, I was angry, walking angry almost every day. And, you know, cause I wanted to make sure I get millions of dollars so I can just help my mom not be an addict and, you know, just change the dynamic of what my neighborhood looks like. Right. So, but she made me realize like, Hey, you can't save the world. You only can do so much, you know? So, I had to realize that I had to take a step back, you know, and make sure I get me done first. Right. And then if I can get me done, 
and I can help someone else. And that's including my mom. But even though how much you love a person, you really can't save anyone else until you do you first. And that's how I found that type of resilience, I would say. Yeah, it's so important. And learning to step into who we really are, like own yes. our divine greatness, right? That's yeah. what this podcast is all about, owning our gifts yeah. and our talents and our strengths. And yeah. we got to own that first and then we can use those to to then- That's hard. That's world. hard because you, 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 especially today with social media, right? That's hard because now you're looking right. at social media, most people look at it, it's like, man, look how pretty she is. I got to find that makeup. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's hard to just be yourself in this world. And if we can just- I think the middle school here is doing a good job of trying to teach them, you know, how to handle the, the telephones, but it's just hard, though. It's hard. Well, I know, I know we, we all mess up and yeah, very much. I mean, as a, as a high school head coach, you're yeah. in a platform where everyone's oh, yeah. watching you, you know, yes. you've got all eyes on you. And yes. so what do you do to stay in that place of self-love, even when you mess up, even when you're reprimanded, even when you feel discouragement how how do you stay in that place where you still own your greatness and you know like it's okay how, yeah. how do you do uh, just go back to my grandmother um when i was you know i i we there's programs out there that's just unfair to a lot of kids right they don't do right by kids right and, I, yeah. and that's why i think i don't like to cut children when i have tryouts right <laughs> i just want to do right they came out here gave their energy so give them a chance you know it may not be how they wanted, but you know, my grandmother, I was growing up and I grew up in a situation, like I told you, I was a football player. So people looked at me as a football player, right? But basketball is my love because Michael Jordan, right? So I looked at everything Michael Jordan and I can play. And the thing is, you know, I grew up and everybody knew in the neighborhood I could play. But then I get to high school and or junior high, I was cut seventh grade, I was cut eighth grade, ninth grade. They put me on the get in the games here and there, you know, on the bench and played sometimes. Then I got 10th grade, I was cut. 11th grade only JV, 12th grade was oh, like a wow. 12th guy coming off the bench. You know, I did not know always, this. So I always told my grandmother, man, like, can you please just, but the, the thing is, so not to gripe, but Jason LaBeouf, see, I just use people, you know, and Michael Jordan always, he, he had those certain people. When he got cut, he had those certain people he remembered. And I remember he remembered that those things to motivate him. So the little point guard, he was like shorter than Janelle, right? but his family was super rich. So I couldn't compete with that. And I was good. And I, I could dunk in ninth grade, but I was like, I was never at fundraisers. I was never, you know, I was never really a part of the team until it was time to be a part of the team because of the season. So I think the coaches looked at that and then I was like poor and, you know, so those things played a part, I would say. And then, you know, I, it was a little, so it was difficult on me coach, yeah. but I always asked my granny, Hey, can you just call the coach and ask, you know, and just like see and, and just talk to him. And, you know, cause I always hear parents would call coaches and that's just things I would hear, but I'm never in a situation. It was rough. It was rough growing up. Right. But so her saying, no, I'm not calling. Right. You just got to work and you cannot quit that right there. Like it just, I didn't understand it. <laughs> I didn't understand it because it was just so unfair to me. Right. But yeah told me not to quit and my best friend Trinity Berryhill going into 11th grade he, we got cut 10th grade together we was the best like we were just we were really good right yeah but we got cut 10th grade it's like nope I'm not doing this again because they were kind of like it was like giving us selling us dreams and you know and then one thing happened another thing happened and whatever so he quit 
But I always I always hear my grandmother say, you know, it may be hard, but just don't quit. And and, and the thing is, she was in, in the town we grew up in. Um, the Double D was called the um, restaurant. She sat in it, uh, um, segregating like she she started a little a little boycott, whatever you want to call it, back in the '60s and whatnot. So like she was one of those people to like try to help change America, right? And right. it's just like you cannot quit, no matter what's happening, no matter what who who is judging you, no matter what's going on around you, no matter how unfair, unjust, whatever you may feel it may be. You just can't quit. If you really want something. Now, if you don't want it, then yeah, go try something else. But I really wanted it. Man. Yeah. So that's what that's that's how I got to, you know, just understanding not to just be me, right? And just do you and just keep trying and don't quit. Don't that's quit. how I got there. I love that. Just yeah. don't quit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I I think we we live in Morgan, Utah. It's a small community, ninety eight percent white. And yes. and here you are. Do, yeah. you, do you see racism and, and what do you do to stay in a place of love, even when you're disrespected or even when you're treated poorly? How, how do you handle that? Because you, you can't, you can't. People got the right to do what they, how they, how they want to feel. People got the right to, you know, like, you don't have to like me. And, I, and that's your choice. Like, I, my choice is I like everyone. So you, people have that right. Um, I can hear it in the hallways with the children, just like, just listening in the, in, in the locker rooms and then changing, right? Just make I don't know if you want to call it jokes or just whatever it may be you know just towards towards that racism side but I think it's more ignorant for the child because I don't think they really understand what they're talking about they're just repeating most most of it right um I don't really see the racism but you know you can I can I can I can feel it people like I can see people honestly just the other day at Ridley's a lady was walking down the aisle and I was walking down the aisle and she's like, you can tell, like she grabbed her daughter and pulled, <laughs> pulled it to her side closer. Like, um, no, um, I got $500 shoes on my feet. Nope. I don't want to steal your child and I don't want to hurt your child dog. So no, but it's just, I think people are just yeah. still caught up in the wrong. I don't know. Yeah. It's 2023. You, you just know, let so, them live their life. Yeah, you, and you that's all it is. Sense. Like mm-hmm. you can't change anything. You, you just, they got the right to, feel how they feel and it's just what it is and and I I think you're a stellar example of just showing up in alignment with who you really are and allowing them to make whatever decisions they do and that's that's what it is that's all it is if they ever know you then they know like it's you are 100% you 100% of the time yes yeah yes yeah um so what do you feel like your mission in life is and and what do you feel like your gifts and experiences and knowledge and talents, how does that qualify you to, to perform that mission? I just, I don't know. I, I've always been a nice kid. I, I've always, that's one thing I can say. I've always just been a nice kid. Um, I, I was a bad kid, right? In school, I was bad, but I would go home and it was, I, I was bad in school because I needed attention. I would go, you know, my grandmother only, only could do so much. She was a, a lady who had a stroke. Uh, uh, um, right side dominant, so she lost all the right side. So she's wheelchair, and this was happening all throughout my junior high, high school career. And she was the lady who to take care of me, and you know, so I, it's just I don't know, coach. You know, um, just just being, just showing people how to be nice, opening a door for someone. Like in the middle school, I can walk through the middle school in the hallway and say good morning to about twenty kids, and they do not know how to respond. We went to Grantsville. Remember when Grantsville? 
they the the, the, the choir be, when they were singing the national anthem right in front of the bench, right in front of our bench, right in front of the girls, right? And after they sing, I was like, good job. Hi, I'm trying to give a fist bump. And they didn't know how to like, what is happening here, right? So I just, man, I just, I think my, my calling is to show people that, you know, it's it's okay just to be okay. It's okay, like, you, we don't have to be mad. Can you be mad? Yes. Can you be upset, sad? Those negative things happen, right? But just, just that, show people it's okay to, be different and to help. It's okay to be different and just to help other people. And you don't even have to know the people. And because my biggest thing, coach, if my wife and kids are stuck in a storm on the side of the road and they need a tire to help be changed and I'm not in that car, I'm hoping my energy that I've given out here can generate to that car that night or whatever the day it is that they can get that help. And I think we all should have that approach because we all probably will need some help one day or another from people that we don't even think we need help from. So I, that's what I think my calling is just to be a good positive example, you know, and, and, and not to take, take time for granted. And boils down to the golden rule, like treat other people how you want to be treated. How you want to be treated. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. And, and also yeah. treat yourself how yeah. you treat other people. That yes. self-love, back to that yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I So in this society, it's so much checking boxes like yes. it's this hustle and bustle we got yes. so much to do we got to yes. get all the things yes. we got to cross all the t's yes. dot all the i's yeah. the people <laughs> and what you're talking about requires us to stop checking the boxes but to check our hearts yeah right? and to, just, to slow down enough to notice that woman on the yeah. side of the road with the kids in the car that's yes broke down right yes we're yes not so in our own heads we're actually yeah pregnant. yes yeah. so so what's, what, what do you find that helps you stay out of that hustle and bustle, out of that checkbox mentality and into that heart space? Well, it just, it's just what I've been through. And I've, I've come to realize in the last couple of years that I'm okay that I grew up with no parents. To an extent, you know, to an extent. Because I still, like, after the game, like, oh, mom, you know, I want to call it, you know, <laughs> and, and type of comments. But I'm okay because it just, it helps me not check the boxes because I didn't get her by checking the boxes. I had to do it opposite. You yeah. know, I didn't have, I, I couldn't check. If I was checking boxes, I'll be so far behind. Like it would, it, I, I wouldn't be right here. I'll be far behind. So yeah. just understanding, like, just remembering where I came from, where I'm trying to get. And I know that we're, we're born to die. So what, what are you going to do in between that? You know, you never know when that time is taken. So what are you going to do in between that time of, of, of birth and death? You're going to, you know, have people like, look at you wrong and, 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 and approach you in a different fashion other than being a approach where it's nice and comfortable and, and, and lovely and, and, and cuddly. And, you know, with girls basketball, I want them to understand that I want to scream at you because I want you to understand that my screaming is a positive scream. Cause I want all of that, that you have in you just coming out because I know what it takes to make it in this world when things are not going how you want it to go. And I just, I just want them to understand that my screaming and, and, and my excitement, you know, or my lack of excitement, it's all for a good positive cause. And, you know, it's just, I've all just want to be a good example coach and, and make sure people are just following my lead and being good people, you know, and. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you do a phenomenal, phenomenal job of that. Um, so the last question that I'll ask you, and then I know you've got, you, you've got to go oh, get it. I think we got a little time. We have a, yeah. we have a, yeah. a, a, a manager that yeah. 
an yes. incredible girl. She's got some special needs and she's just amazing. She got a basketball game. You got to get to to support her. Well, 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 I don't want it to leak out, but I got a surprise for her on senior night. Ooh, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a surprise for the whole gym. <laughs> it's going to be a good surprise. Oh, she's amazing. Good surprise. Well, yeah. well I teach people to live with a mind that's firmly aligned, a body that's purposefully loved, and a spirit that's powerfully accessed. Yes. Um, is there anything that you would recommend, whether the mind, body, or spirit, in order to, to truly do that, to live with a mind firmly aligned, a body purposefully loved, and a spirit powerfully accessed? Exercise, stretch, and just, and just, except not being perfect. Yeah. I, I, that's, you know, that's honestly, that's, that's my biggest thing. Like if I, if I, if I miss a day of, uh, like on my scheduled day to go to the gym and exercise, my day is horrible, right? Cause you need those dopamines, right? To make a smile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, I got to stretch out my body because if you don't stretch out your body, you don't get those ligaments going right correctly. Then sooner or later, I won't be able to use what I need to use to get to where I want to get, right? So I need to get my heart rate up get those dopamines up so I can smile. I need to stretch so I can have my body. I can move around and get to A to B. And then, you know, I just don't care about if you think I'm messing up in front of you and it's funny, you know, I don't, you know, and those three things help me get to where I'm trying to get in life. And, you know, and it helps me just understand that if I can do those three things and focus on those three positive things for my body, I can go out there and then be a positive role model for someone else because I know those things are really helping me, right? So I, that's, that's my three, that's my big, my biggest three things on when I wake up in the morning, coach. I, I, I gotta make sure I'm getting my exercise in. I gotta make sure I'm a stretch some type. I, not, I can do better. I can set a time on my stretching, but I gotta make sure I just stretch. And then, you know, I gotta make sure and understand that I'm okay without being perfect. And I, I, I move on from there. I love that, I love that. Well, thank you for inspiring yes, us ma'am. all. Thank you. Sterling Match, Coach Match, Mac, you are a shining example of what it looks like to step into your divine greatness and well, thank keep you. on influencing lives and touching hearts. You're incredible. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Coach, one more thing, though. If this get out yes. before Tuesday. Um, it won't. If, well, okay. Well, we have a big game, Grantsville Tuesday. So yes. when they hear it, just know that we're going to get this victory, all right? Yes, we are. I love it. I own the prize. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Coach. Thanks again. Friends, thank you for joining me today in this powerful conversation with Coach Sterling Mack. He truly has figured out how to live into his divine greatness and how to use his life experiences and all of his gifts to step up to his purpose in serving this world. Going from being homeless, nameless, fatherless, with a mother he couldn't count on because of drugs and alcohol, and living with his grandma in a three-bedroom home with 20 other people, not being able to read until college, to go from that to where he is now happily married, two incredible boys with a precious baby girl on the way, most liked and sought after teacher in the middle school, Morgan High School, girls basketball head coach with a state title under his belt. He is phenomenal. He got out of the hood, broke the cycle of poverty, drugs, and addiction, and now he is showing up every day, using his past to influence lives and touch hearts of others. I'm passionate about what Coach Mack shared today, about the importance 
of just liking yourself, just like yourself, right? Of never quitting. Don't stop. Of just keep going and being okay, not being perfect. I love how he talked about just being kind and paying it forward, loving God, self, and others. That's what it's all about, right? I hope you've been inspired as I have today to be like Coach Sterling Mack, to step into your divine greatness. If you enjoy this podcast and want more, go grab my free tutorial, Three Brain Traps That Will Keep You Stuck. If you are to truly step into your divine greatness, like Coach Mack, it is imperative you learn to live with a mind firmly aligned, a body purposefully loved, and a spirit powerfully accessed. This free video will teach you about your brain and help start you on the path to truly owning your thoughts and getting them to work for you. I can't wait to get you started. Click on the link in my show notes or go to my website, candacenoss.com to get it. And remember, you are designed for greatness.